back to Things of Gold, Snarky Puppy Podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. I'm Ryan. And I'm Megan. And we're back. Uh, you know, it hasn't been an abnormally a long, long amount of time for people listening, uh, but, you know, breaking the fourth wall, it's been like a month since we recorded uh, episode four. You know, I went on Goose Tour and we've been, we've been busy with, you know, work and real life and not only focusing on podcasting and well, I've actually been busy with other podcasts, too. Well, Ryan. you know, <laughs> we're both people of multiple podcasts. Um, yes. So, you know, t- time has to work. I-, I don't know where I was going with that sentence. We have to find time for everything. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be back, uh, diving back into some Snarky Puppy. Um, been looking forward to this one as well. Of course, new era of the band for us to talk about. Um, this is the thing I, I remember I need to talk about. Uh, if anyone is curious to hear Megan's first reaction to every song on Culture Vulture. We did a live stream a couple of weeks ago um, where we listened to every single song on the album, gave our thoughts. Uh, of course, I had heard it before, but it was Megan's first time. Uh, so go check that out. Um, you know, Wherever you are consuming this podcast right now, there will also be an option to click on that. Um, so check it out. That was really fun. And we did a lot of really good chair dancing as well. We did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Something great. else very important happened since the last time uh, we recorded this, Megan, which is you saw Snarky Puppy for the first time. I did. I saw them April 13th at the Beacon Theater on the Upper West Side in New York City. It was a gorgeous, unusually warm early spring day. I brought a friend who knew nothing about them, which was really exciting, and we were having dinner right um one of the side streets across from the theater, and we were actually looked over and we saw the tour buses all lined up and then Mm -hmm. out of them comes Eric from ground up and he comes over and says hello and we got to hang out with him which was really fun and when the show started it was just it was you know I kind of knew what I I should have known what to expect but (laughs) it was so overwhelming I mean there were like 16 musicians on stage right is that there were 12 or 13 of them very special extended lineup so many and I had this like great sightline of Bob Reynolds, which I was really happy about. But honestly, Ryan, the crispness, the power of their sound is so incredible live. They're probably the tightest band I've ever seen live. They just come together wow. in this way that sounds really effortless and really, really strong. Um, they played mostly Empire Central songs, which I love. Obviously, they're on that tour. They were darker than I was expecting and really like monster sounding. They were really great. They also played two songs from We Like It Here to end the show, which I was really happy about. So they played Sleeper and What About Me. But I had an incredible night and I loved the show and I can't wait to see them again. I love it. I love it. Interesting that you say they're the tightest band you've ever seen and you saw Fish in 1994. Yeah, I did. I mean, maybe, so maybe they're the tightest band I've seen live in a long time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know, with Fish is like different. Like, we don't need to go in too far this because this is a rabbit hole that I could, you know, Fish's version of tight is is wilder, it's looser, it's more, you know, experimental, right. it's more off the tracks. This tightness is like, you know, that studio tightness that um, that they bring. And so it's totally different, but it's it seems more kind of like helmed in. And I mean that as a compliment, but yeah, it was great. So I don't know if you could really compare their tightness to Fish's tightness in 94, but that's an interesting conversation. We'll have to have that offline, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I, we definitely will. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to dive into this show. You know, speaking of Bob Reynolds, 
he is on this show, um, and I, I don't want to burst your bubble early here, but savor this moment um, because we're not going to see him again until episode 10. Ugh, um, devastating. 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 But today, wow. of course, uh, our first episode in the Culture Vulture era of the band, we will be talking about May 9th, 2017 from Brussels, Belgium at the Ancienne Belgique, mm. um, which is a venue I've seen a lot of bands play. Uh, coming through venue, Goose is playing the small room at that venue uh, this November on my birthday, um, and I will hopefully. No be there. way! Wow. Yes, um, but th- this is a good show. You know, this is part of a a very long tour uh, in early 2017 that they were doing. You know, they started. Um, I think they played some shows in the U.S. Then they were in Japan, and then Europe for like six weeks or something, and then back to the U.S. And so, as they do, they they are like, we're going to go on tour for five months straight and go across the entire planet because why not? Um, But got a cool lineup, uh, a couple of first time members uh, making their debut on the podcast. So today we've got Chris Bullock on tenor sax, Bob Reynolds, tenor sax, Mike Maz Maher, trumpet and flugelhorn, Justin Stanton on trumpet and keyboards, Bill Lawrence on keyboards, Michael League on the bass, Marcelo Wolowski on percussion, and our first ever performances of Chris McQueen on guitar and Lauren L. Lewis mm. on the drums. So, Megan, what are your thoughts on the sound of this show? Yeah, well, I was really I also just realized that you did amazing venue history research that I have just skipped over. So we're going to backtrack a little okay, bit perfect. here. perfect. And pretend perfect. that I didn't just spoil it. Yeah, and let's do it. Megan, I see you did some amazing venue research. Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about it. So they're in Brussels, which is such a cool city. When I lived in London, I took the train there and it was so easy. And it's one of those beautiful European cities with a big central square and chocolate shops and places to buy palm frites. They speak French and they have beautiful, gorgeous architecture. It's just one of those really perfect European cities. I would love to go back. And I was looking at the venue website and their shows end by 1030 so everyone can take public transportation home, which I just thought was so European. You know, they just do things right over there, right? They're like so thoughtful. And the venue name Ancienne Belgique means old Belgium in French. And the venue, yeah, consists of three spaces. They have a main hall, which is about 2000 people. And then they also have a box, which is when they, it's the same main hall, but then they reduce they cover a bunch of the seats and they reduce it down to 800 person capacity. And then this small um, club that you were talking about that Goose is going to play in is about 250. So pretty tiny um, compared to the other venues. But it seems really active in a very progressive music space. And that makes sense that you've heard a lot about it, Ryan, because it seems awesome. And yeah, this, you know, I was looking into the name Culture Vulture, because when we did our live streaming, I was trying to figure out what that means. And at first, mm-hmm. I just thought culture might be like a reference to arty things in Boston. Do you get it? No, culture? I don't. Do you know what Boston accents are like, Ryan? Oh, oh, oh. They're like, yes. they don't say like <laughs> culture, they say. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, I thought that's what it was, but not really. It's actually a take, I think, on that term, culture vulture which means to borrow from like different cultures or styles. So it's like a diverse mix of compositions. And I thought that was really cool. If that's what it means, we'll have to ask them. But I love that idea that culture vulture is a take on that. They made those two words sound really cool. Yeah. Well, and it's also an album 
that has a much more global influence uh, than previous yeah. snarky puppy albums. You know, you start to see, which will, you know, be very prevalent on immigrants as well. Uh, lots of mm. lots of quote unquote world music, uh, you know, inspired tunes on this, and lots of different kinds of instruments and beats and you know moods happening. Um, so cool to think about. So on to the sound of this lineup. What what did you think of of you know especially Larnell and McQueen? Big difference. Yeah, McQueen's amazing. I really liked his guitar. Just like really, really effortless sounding and beautiful. And he has a really great tone. And I love those moments when he came through kind of in more rock and roll vibes. And I mean, of course, percussion's incredible. Like the drums on this show really stand out. And yep. there's such a great driving sense to his drumming. And it it really works with these songs. I'm excited to get into them. Yeah, me too. I, I find that Larnell's playing has more of a fluid quality to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're going to have him this episode uh, and in episode six, um, and that's it for the whole series. Um, you know, given given his... Wow. Uh, he teaches at uh, a college in Toronto, uh, so he doesn't, you know, tour as much. And when he does tour, it's generally... Like nowadays, he generally tours uh, their summer European festival schedule, um, which oh, means okay. when, they're, when they're flying from gig to gig, so they don't usually record those. Um, so oh, that that's why sense, we don't yeah. hear as much of Larnell, uh, on the recordings, but you know, we have a great show here today. So let's dive in. We start with opening grown folks, wasting no time, no kite to ease us in nothing like that. We're going straight for the heat, uh, grown folks with a, a Chris Bullock solo, which in a very atypical move for him, he sticks clean throughout most of it. You know, when, when the band comes back in for that kind of secondary vamp on mm -hmm. the solo uh he hits on the fuzz and then you're like oh like okay it's bullock um but interesting to hear him play clean uh for so long and i i really really like this solo um you know i think you can you can hear the subtle differences between between his playing and and bob's playing on on sax um but i i like the way he sounds clean and i i think it's something I feel like is kind of underutilized for him. You know, he really leans into the effects a lot of the time. And I know, you know, that's a, a very conscious thing on his part, because obviously that's what he likes to do. Uh, but playing clean sounds awesome here. Thank you. 
I, for a minute, I thought it was Bob Reynolds. I was like, wait a minute. And then I looked and realized it wasn't, but I really liked it too. It was really nice. And when you've got like Larnell's drums coming in, the song has such a great swing. It just sounds effortless. And I love this part when it gets dark and then it starts to like build back up again. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And shout out to Bill who he's kind of the, the, um, star of the show for me, uh, the MVP, if mm. you will. Uh, his his roads comping uh, on, on this solo, you know, both that there's a little bit of delayed stuff at the beginning, um, just his layering during um, Bullock's solo and, the, and just the song in general. He sounds amazing. And what's interesting about this lineup is, you know, we kind of heard it in, in the fall of 2015, a Justin and Bill lineup. Justin has a smaller rig for this run than he did then. Uh, you know, he just got his, I believe he just had like his profit synthesizer and a mini Moog. Um, mm. so much more limited, uh, you know, last time we were hearing like whirly patches from him and some pianos, uh, here and there, this one, he's just got synths, um, you know, so interesting to look at bill being the sole kind of like full-time keyboard player, um, you know, mm -hmm. and, and taking up most of the sonic space there. Bill also has a clav in his rig, uh, mm. for the first time, which we will hear, you know, the real clav man of the band, Bobby Sparks, uh, take over in the next episode. Um, but it's interesting to hear Bill use that there. You know, it does, it, that's not something that happens very often. Obviously, it happens more now due to the Empire Central material. And I think, you know, coming up this weekend, they're kicking off their South American leg. I know Bill's along for the ride there. Um, and so, you know, I think it's just Justin and Bill for this tour. So we're going to see the two mm. of them playing clav, um, which, you know, very interesting because they don't usually. And it always makes you happy. I wonder if people who are listening like to this know about <laughs> your clav tweet. I like clav. There, there's no, yeah. there's no clav tweets uh, happening yet. There's a very specific set of set of circumstances that needs to uh, that results in a clav tweet. Um, and and, and what there is will that? be some of those from Bobby. Okay, I'm looking. It, it's hard to, that. to it's hard to put into words. You just know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just know when a clav a, tweet is is coming is imminent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's the, a mystery. It's a je ne sais quoi, if you will. You know, we're, <laughs> we're in Belgium okay. here. We're talking French. There we go. Yeah, I really love the kind of soft bass line that um, that Michael's playing underneath this. It's just like very, like very cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, th this is one of my favorite songs uh, off the album, and great to hear. And then we lead into Beatbox uh, for our second song here, you know, very laid back here, very textural. You know, this song in 2019, a lot too, would be used as an opener, uh, which I think is a great pick. Um, yeah. And we get th this song, Michael plays key bass on, um, so different feel than his normal uh, electric bass. Um, and then Maz using like the, the filter, one of the filters or like a plunger. I, I don't know. the Yeah, it looks like a plunger. It. Yeah. Uh, on, on the trumpet for his solo here. He puts in some delay as well. Um, really cool. And I, lo I love the synths um, during the solo. I, I really like that a lot.
so many good synths in this whole show, and maybe it's like you were saying, due to a limited rig, but it's it works really well. And this song has such a light touch. It's so soft. And mm-hmm. after like these dark, heavy sounds at the end of Grown Folks, there's a really nice juxtaposition to that. I think Snarky Puppy is so good at that, and I think they're really great at crafting set lists that have that kind of balancing those really dark, strong moments with really soft, delicate moments, and they do that here really well. Yes, agreed, uh, 100%. Um, you know, th- this song did, for some reason, get a little bit of hate when we did a poll of yeah. people's favorite Culture Vulture songs on Instagram. You know, someone said anything but beat, beatbox. I saw that. Um, so and sad. I say nay to you unbelievers. Um, that, that's yeah, nonsense. it's a pretty song. It's nice. Yeah, I think the song is great, and it serves a, a good purpose in a set list. Yeah, definitely. Then we move on to Go here, uh, the one song that you had heard before. Uh, you know, we heard this in a fall 2015 show. Um, you know, they were kind of right. That was the first time working they it into it, right? set lists. Uh, mm-hmm. It was one of the first times. I don't think that was okay. the debut, but it was one of the few times they played it before the album was recorded. Um, yeah, so similar have a structure name for it, here. Right? Yeah, similar structure here. Very different feel with the soloists. Um, I think that we heard in the last one. You know, this time we get Bob Reynolds, we get Bill, mm. and we get Justin uh, on the outro. Now, th- this is, you know, one of my favorite versions of Go that I've ever heard. You know, Michael said in the show notes, feels better than it ever has before. And so they- they've been playing oh, it wow. for a year and a half at this point. Um, and I guess this is a point where I guess it really started to click. Um, you know, kind of who's taking solos or just, it just felt, you know, clean and, and it, it's amazing. Uh, you know, everybody, not just the soloists playing great, uh, in this song. Yeah. It sounded a lot different from what I remember on the album, although I'm not great at remembering how things sound on albums, but <laughs> with this Bob Reynolds solo to start, it's just, of course, buttery and rich, like all Bob Reynolds solos are. But the, when McQueen comes in, or he's kind of in the background, it's so different and really cool. And it just has like a really great feel to it. Yeah, it's it's really cool, his his comping uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And there's another, there are a couple of goes from this tour as well, where he takes, you know, kind of the middle section solo there um, mm. with a really cool envelope filter sound. And kind of, I find McQueen's tone to be kind of like quirky mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, you know, and while while like Mark especially has like a very classic rock uh, mm-hmm. feel to a lot of his playing, McQueen I feel like is more of like a slithery, if you will. It's like his his mm. tone feels more more fluid, like similar to how Larnell's drumming feels more fluid to me. McQueen like kind of like fits into different spaces more easily yeah, as opposed to I like a straight that. ahead rock and roll from like Mark or even Bob. Yeah, I like that. It's less jarring and less kind of demanding of attention in a way it's cool mm-hmm. which which is you know not we're not we're not saying that to knock mark and bob uh no either. they're incredible yeah, yeah absolutely just, i think that's what's so that. cool about this band right is that you know when you have different people playing the same songs it's just you hear their personality as musicians and their tone and they're in a way that you can't you know when they're in the same band all the time it's really neat right yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely um and then justin on the outro here, you know, I, I totally skipped over Bill's solo too. Um, you know, the, these two keyboard solos, Bill really taking his time on Rhodes, and we get to hear a little bit, a bit of that chorusy um, CP piano sound, you know, the kind of metallic uh, sounding piano that will, will crop up again later in the show. Uh, that's a favorite tone of Bill's. Uh, you know, he's got like 
two or three different piano patches that he likes to use uh, with Snarky Puppy, so it's interesting to hear when he chooses uh, to insert each one in. And then the outro um, is just like, you know, it's the sun coming out from behind a cloud. It's just pure joy. You know, you like lift your arms up, you're happy. Um, yeah. And Justin just lights it up uh, on Moog. And it's great. I, I also wrote profit in the notes, um, but I'm not certain which one it is. Just kidding. It's oh, yeah. Moog. It says Moog in the show notes. It's beautiful, though. I'm and I really love, I really love the, um, the, the bill solo it's like super jazzy and energetic and then what you were saying he comes in with like the piano underneath it it's just such a nice balance to this like peaking synthetic sound they're so good at that like taking those balancing i think i talked about that a lot in the last episode of balancing synthetic and more organic sounds together and and the end like when you hear them come back in with that riff like the chorusy part that you were talking about, it reminds me of when you know a jam band has like a big long jam, and then they come back and bring it back to the song, and you hear the riff right. or the chorus come back. Yeah, in. And it's, it's so like, satisfying. Oh! Yeah, exactly. it's like coming home. You're like, yes. So I really like that they do that with the song. It works really, really well. And then yeah, the segue from this song into Palermo is just absolutely so smooth and beautiful and i yeah. love the laid down synths to start this song it just really like eases us in it's so beautiful yeah and and it's it's that patented marcello movie soundscape feel yeah Every time, i love his songs you know, all, all his songs really have that different vibe to it like big sweeping like panoramic views of a of an african savannah and right. while, while this is playing in the background you know like a like a planet earth kind of thing totally um, yeah and, and it's really good another clean solo from bullock um which feels to me it still has an undercurrent of dissonance that he has in a lot of his solos you know he's not as as bright major key um as bob kind of thinks mm -hmm. um but it, i mean it's a great song
has it it feels really deep and the driving rhythm underneath it just gives the song a really nice groove and at the end they've got the audience clapping along and and then Michael kind of says hi and and says you know introduces the night to everybody and introduces the new record it's a great moment in the show he always seems to find like the perfect time to do that i like that right yeah he he knows it's like three or four songs in uh is kind of the sweet spot i think for him and yeah he has a great feel for that uh you know it's like okay we've played enough the crowds into it everyone's ready now i can talk for a couple of minutes um which is good um and then they jump right into Tarova, um, which, you know, in, in this uh, original arrangement, just like comes in, it crashes in like a truck, um, yeah. just, just goes in. You know, th- this is this is the drumming, this is the rhythm section. Um, I, I love this song. You know, Bullock plays the main melody on sax in the absence uh, of organ, which is usually what plays it. Um, and then it's just you know, Maz gets into it on the solo, dirty, grimy, awesome, filth. Um, yeah, and then Maz apparently takes something off after the song, uh, according yeah. to Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so great. I really like this song. It's such a beginning. It just puts you, like, right into the song. It reminds me of certain Fish songs that, like, you're just in right away. There's no kind yeah. of, like, lead in. It's like, boom. I love that there's, like, a hint at funkiness in this song and layered textures right away. And then it starts to swing and gets like super dancey and again, just loving their ability to layer disparate types of music on top of each other and make it sound so right. So you've got like this jazz swing layered on top of like a funk beat and yeah. it just works. It just works. It's amazing. I, I'm really curious to hear, you know, when we get to 2019, we'll hear the the different arrangement of Tarova um, that they, mm. they switched it up. I think 2018, they like reworked most of the song. Um, and oh, so cool. it, it starts very differently and has a different middle section. Like, you know, there are some parts that are the same, but I'm really curious and excited to hear what you think of that in, in relation yeah, to this me one. me too. Because I, I, I heard that one before I heard the original, um, just because of how my live listening took me. Um, yeah. And so I'm really curious to hear what you think of that one uh, when we do get there. Do you have a preference? I, I like the newer one. Mm, I, I like cool. I like the intro. I like the different stuff they add to it. Um, but you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't swing as hard as the as the old one. That, that's the thing. rarely do (laughs) (laughs) there you go there we go so then michael says the magic words uh to jam band fans like us uh is it okay if we get weird for a second um and you're like yes do it then they launch into gemini um you know 
it's that that weird space middle section where you kind of mm. have the, the undercurrent of the steady drums part of the song, you know, and then Bullock is doing weird flute noises and they're all kind of making like weird sounds. You know, it's not like straight yeah. synths. It's like percussion with like reverb on it or something. I don't know if that's something Marcelo can trigger himself or, you know, it's happening in front of house. Um, but it's really cool hearing the kind of things that they do in this section. It's really like, it feels kind of like a jungle, you know, in a way that, that's like due to like the almost. flute. Yeah with, yeah. with with the flute as well. But yeah, th- this middle section is awesome. I love this song. This is my favorite song on Culture Vulture. And there's a dreamy Steely Dan kind Ooh, of vibe yeah. to this song. And it's that's layered on top of like this really sick beat. And McQueen's gar- guitar work is absolutely beautiful, super languid. This is like when you like smoked joint and you're like waiting to want to date with someone you really like, you know, you're like nervous, but excited. There's like an elusive quality to this, yeah. to this spacey section that is just, it's like something's kind of like just out of reach. There's, it's beautiful. I really love it. And this is something I want to listen to again because it was, I, I love stuff like this, but this is really, it's cool to hear a band like this that plays so kind of tight and forward moving you know, add some space and kind of like breathe into it a little bit because it's right. really cool what they do. Yeah. Yes. And then there's like the cool singing. You know, it's just it's, – it's vibey. I like this song a lot. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And then, you know, you emerge from the weird into the uplifting ending section. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like what they do in this version too where you get some trading between Bill and Justin, you know, on, on Rhodes and on synth. Um, you know, generally this song has one person take the whole outro. So it's cool to hear – the way they trade and how they kind of play off of each other and then, you know, each one kind of raise the energy um, and intensity as they go. which really speaks to like the magic of having, you know, two keyboard players or like two drummers, right? It's that ability to pass things between each other. That's really cool. Yeah. I love it. And then that's that song. And then we get to my favorite song from Culture Vulture uh, here, Big Ugly. Uh, You know, before the song, the crowd is, the crowd is very loudly requesting Sleeper. um, Yeah. To which Michael says no. (laughs) Um, but then he's like, we're going to play one that's like that one in it, that it's by us. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's the only similarity. <laughs> when he said that, yeah, when he said that, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, it took me a minute to like, <laughs> like, understand how saying, he was phrasing it. Yeah. yeah. It's a, we're going to play whatever the fuck we want to play. And it's not going to be Sleeper. It's um, so funny. Yeah. And who says it's the sequel McQueen to Sleeper? Chimes <laughs> in, it's the sequel. <laughs> 
so which funny. Is, which is cool. But yeah, I, I, I love this song so much. Um, great, ju- great Justin trumpet solo in the middle. You know, we usually hear Maz or Bullock take that middle section. Um, so, or, or, you know, when we get to Zach on violin, uh, you know, he takes the middle section on Big Ugly a lot as well. Uh, so nice to hear Justin, you know, a cleaner trumpet sound, uh, of course, because he doesn't have effects with it, uh, but it sounds great. Um, and then, you know, McQueen gets on the ending. Yeah. yeah I just love this song great. so much. It's fun. And I love the horns in contrast to the to the like repetitive groove underneath. Real kind of classic rock guitar solo. And the ending is really ethereal. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's oh man, it's there's a reason that this is the closer of the album. You know, it just it's it's so mm, good in that slot. I forgot that. It's not the closer yeah. of this show, even. It's the closer of the the culture vulture portion of this show. You know, we had a bunch of culture songs, then we right. do we like it here at the end. Similar what they're doing with empire central now but they're playing more songs um nowadays than they were you know back in these sets like they were only doing you know they do um what is it seven of the nine songs on the album here mm-hmm. um and then they move on to two we like it here so the only songs that don't get played uh are cementi and the simple life um mm. which obviously the simple life is not getting played because we're not ever going to hear it <laughs> Our show, yeah, I think my show was longer than this. Yeah, they they're, they've yeah. been doing on the recent tour. They've been doing like ten, like nine or ten mm-hmm. Empire Central songs plus, you know, the two we like it here closers. Um, so yeah, I think there was only two songs, one or two songs from uh, Empire Central that they didn't play. So yeah, they're playing a lot. Yeah, it's great. Which is good. Longer shows. I'm in favor. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Always. Yes. But so we move on to We Like It Here. We get the ever-popular Lingus. Uh, of course, I didn't do this intentionally, but we have another Bob Reynolds solo uh, on this song. You know, we had him in episode Perfect. four as well. Unfortunately, there's no disco this time. Yeah, um, I know. I was missing that, I have to say. I loved the Lingus that we listened to last week. You know, it's yeah. so funny because I got a text from my brother-in-law who was listening to the to the podcast, and he yeah. texted me and was like, Disco Lingus, just like in all caps. And I was yeah. like, yeah, exactly. It's so good. Yeah, I, I posted an Instagram story about it, um, and Bob responded. He was like, tell me more about this disco lingus. Like, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't remember it. <laughs> so I sent him a clip. I was like, this is, like, incredible, <laughs> you know? Here you so, are yeah. playing an incredible version of this song. That's yeah. so much fun. With, yeah, he's the disco beat. And Michael is killing it in this, in this version. He sounds yeah. amazing in the beginning Great of the song. Feels. Yeah, so good. And – you know, I die for Bob Reynolds and I was listening to this whole show. Like, where's my Bob Reynolds solos? Like I want more of them. So it was, here it is. Here you are. And here I am with his dreamy tone. It's perfect. Here you are. Um, you know, and th- this is a good, this is a good send off for him, you know, for the next few episodes. Um, so sad, sad for you to see him go. Yeah. I mean, also sad for me because I, I love Bob Reynolds. Um, but that's the end of the main set here. And then we get my personal highlight of the show here, which is this What About Me. Um, there are a few versions of this song from this tour um, where Bill takes it and just goes like crazy on like every single keyboard in his rig. Um, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of, it's nuts. He starts off with these like, this really thick layer of roads and immediately gets into this like progression that like feels emotional uh, in a way. Yeah. And as he's doing this, you know, he's laying down this roads, whatever. Larnell very subtly just transforms into this, like, in, into the disco that we didn't get in Lingus. Get it here. 
Um, and it's so incredible, yeah. this part of the song. I mean, the textures are just overwhelming. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the things that was really just blew me away when I was seeing them live was the ability to make this enormous, rich, like all encompassing sound and then just switch on a dime like they do in the next section. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's all roads and some light synth from Bill mm -hmm. in the, in the, in the open section. And then they get into the vamp. First of all, it's fast. It, you're, you're, you're charging, mm -hmm. you're going this, this disco beat is still there. Yeah. And Bill, Bill hops right on Moog, you know, starts doing, you know, crazy synth runs. He's, he's kind of, Letting, letting the, you know, the, the hits, if you will, of, of the vamp, uh, of what about me kind of happen. And then he fills in the space in between, which is really cool as well, instead of just playing straight over top of it. Um, and then he, then he switches to that again, that, that, um, the, the chorusy metallic CP piano sound, um, for, for the second half of the solo. And it's just amazing. I, I love the way this sounds, you know, there's another version from this tour where he like does that and then switches to clav at one point and then like back to piano. And it's like a whole, it's crazy, but you know, Bill. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, the first part of that section is so beautiful and contemplative and it sounds like raindrops falling. It's really stunning. And then just the percussion is just, if you like just listen to the drumming and the percussion, it's going so hard and so fast. Like it doesn't even sound like it's created by a human like it's so incredibly right. fast i cannot get over the speed of like so much of this song it's very very excellent uh, yeah and there's yeah, a big drum solo so but how do you feel about that ryan i know you don't like drum solos well this drum solo is interesting to me uh you know there, yeah, there's stuff going on first of all right? this is the first one this is the first one we've heard where michael uh is now doing the you know the baseline for it um kind of out of character for him he like modulates it up briefly and then back down uh not as crazy as you know we heard from justin uh, in the last episode um this is really cool you know larnell keeps the disco beat going the entire time as yeah. he's soloing like what <laughs> i know it's incredible <laughs> that's, I, that's... I don't know yeah these keyboard players they're just next level or, or this is the drummer actually sorry yeah the, the drummer yeah yeah the, they're honestly, I mean, that was the first thing that ever stood out to me about Snarky Puppy. And it's like, now that I've listened to more of it, I'm able to focus on other things. But like, you know, I'll be thinking about another part of it. And then I'll listen back to the drumming and I'll be like, wow, yeah, it's still insanely amazing. So cool. Yeah. And and then, you know, they end the song, whatever. Michael starts introducing the band. They get back into the disco beat thing. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know whether it's Bullock or Bob, but one of them teases quartermaster <laughs> i'm oh my God. angry I would about die. it i would die i would die i would die tempting me with a good time <laughs> thank you so much larno lewis on the drums y'all bill lawrence chris mcqueen justin stanton mike maher chris bullock bob reynolds marcella walaski i'm michael league with snarky puppy thank you so much That is messed up. That's messed up. It's rude, and I demand an apology. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the song that they. I thought for sure they were gonna play for me in the beacon, but to no avail. I thought you were looking for Binky. 
Well, I'd like both of those, please. Yeah, that's true. I'd, I'd like to just write the set list for the next show I see, you know? Just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can dream, you know? Yeah. Got, everyone's got to chase something. Um, but it's it's just awesome because you can tell, you know, in Michael's voice as well, and you can just tell that they're all having so much fun yeah. uh, at the end of the show here, just, just doing this. Um, and then, yeah, the quartermaster tease. First time I, the first time I listened to that and I heard it, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. So, you know, they're going to do that. They're going to, they're going to, you know, give me hope and then, you know, pull the rug out as, as it happens. But th- this is a spectacular one about me. One of my favorite versions of the song ever. Yeah. I really enjoyed it too. It was great. Yeah. Then we move on to our bonus track uh, for this week, which is the young stuff from May 3rd. 2017 same lineup uh this is our final young stuff i believe unless there's one in the next episode that i forgot about um yeah this is our final young stuff wow your theme song ryan come on i know i know theme song blame the band for you know not playing it nearly as much after this time period (laughs) <laughs> Which makes me sad because it's one of my favorite Snarky Puppy songs. I think the intro to this song is just absolutely the coolest. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it, it's just, it, it's so cool. And this one, just a really great one. You get another Bob Reynolds uh, solo here. Um, yep. And an amazing Justin Moog outro um, with really cool. I really, really like this, the interplay between Justin and Bill here. I feel like the two of them have an amazing musical connection, uh, you know, when one is soloing uh, for the other to either be playing around with some stuff on like synth bass or comping or whatever it may be. Like they're always egging each other on, uh, which is awesome to hear. Yeah, absolutely. This is the beginning of it. Like Bob's solo is so sophisticated and classy sounding. It's you want to be like smoking a cigarette, drinking a martini in like a dark cigar <laughs> bar with like leather stools and like a bartender and suspenders. It's just I love I love your imagery. Vibes. It's always yeah. so vivid. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. That's like what this song evokes for me. Um, but yeah, what you were saying between Justin and Bill, the interplay, like I think Bill's playing this like really gentle piano, really delicately underneath what Justin's doing on the Moog and it's just, it's beautiful. It sounds so good. And the ending is just soaring and absolutely beautiful. It's just yeah. a really, really great ending to the song. Yeah. It's if you've got to go out on this one, I guess this is a good one to go out on. Right. <laughs> right. You know, there, there are, I mean, I was going to say there are worse young stuffs out there, but like they're all awesome. So. <laughs> you know. This is great. Yes. And that brings us to a close of our show uh, that we are talking about today. Uh, you know, this is a, a cool intro to the Culture Vulture era, you know, kind of still a lot of the the sounds and, and sonic textures that we were hearing a lot of in 2015, obviously McQueen and Larnell aside. Uh, but the next episode, we are going to introduce uh, Zach Brock on violin and Bobby Sparks on keys, both very different dimensions of sound. Uh, adding to Oh my the lineup. God, Zach Brock, got to see him at the Beacon. Whoa, yeah. he absolutely tore that place up. Like tore yes. it up. So Incredible. and we're we're gonna see Clav really kind of start to take center stage uh, in the sound. You know, no whammy yet. We'll get mm. that in 2019. Um, but it's it's very different, a very different feel here. Um, but I'm looking forward to that episode. There's some really amazing stuff uh, coming up. So that that I didn't say what show it's gonna be. It's gonna be May 25th, 20. 
17 in Rokla. I'm not pronouncing that right. In Poland, uh, mm. you know, part of this big European tour. A lot of amazing stuff going on. Plus, you know, the bonus track is one of my favorites um, ever. Oh, exciting. Gonna, I'm going to have to. You're going to love it. I'm going to have to brush up on my Polish. I don't know much yeah. about Polish. My my family is from, one side of my family is from Poland like four Oh, no way. Ago, so. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the classic, uh, you know, Jewish from Eastern Europe. Thing. Yeah. Well, as, good food for sure. As it happens. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited for that episode. Uh, you know, going to be fun to get back at that uh, pretty soon. And yeah, what, what's going on now? When this episode comes out later this week, uh, they will be on tour. No, they won't be. I lied. They will be a couple of days away from the start of tour. Uh, South American leg, which will be happening the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will be posting any highlights and set lists that pop up uh, on Instagram at Things of Gold Pod and also on Twitter with the same handle. Uh, so check it out there. Um, you know, hopefully we get lots of video uh, coming out of this leg. Uh, this is their first time in South America since December of 2017, which, you know, it's, oh, it's, wow. it's unfortunate that we couldn't time. time our episode from that leg to come out during this tour. Um, but that is two episodes from now. Um, so, Oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm jealous. I'd love to be in South America. That's amazing. That's going to be yeah. incredible for them. And then they come back here and they actually play in Toronto at the end of June. So I'm excited to see. Them yeah. And you'll be there. Yeah. That's yes. so great. It'll be that's fun. Great. It's going to be fun. But of course, that's a little bit of time away. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Things of Gold. We will see you in a couple of weeks uh, with our next episode. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Yeah, see you then. Thanks, everyone.